Thanks for listening to Victory's podcast today. Connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus is what we're all about. For more resources or to reach out to us, go to victorychristian.church. I'm ready to. <laughs> I really believe God has something really specific for us to encourage us and embolden us to run after him. I'm going to start in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. And it says, Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself so that you will not grow weary or lose heart. Let's pray. God, I thank you for the time and the opportunity we have to lean into your word, to understand the truth and the wisdom of your scripture. God, I pray by the leading of your Holy Spirit, God, it would be your words that are shared today. Jesus, I thank you that you are worthy of our time and our attention and our affection. Jesus, we love you. Amen. This may be a little-known fact about me, or maybe it's well-known, but I am not a runner. I am not. I have wanted to want to be a runner, but never quite gotten there. Um, It's just not in me. I, I don't mind a walk. I don't mind a light jog. That's fine. But a run is not my thing. Andrew, on the other hand, is an excellent runner. It's just in him. Um, But recently I had a friend ask me if I wanted to run a 10K. And I don't know if you have this friend in your life, or maybe it's a spouse, a kid, a parent. But whatever they suggest, you just say yes, and then you ask questions later. So I found myself having said yes to running a 10K. And I had a couple mindsets going into this. I thought, okay, it'll be fun to train together. We'll run in her neighborhood, in my neighborhood. We'll go to some parks. It'll be great. And honestly, I thought it was not going to be that hard. That's just, that was just me. And I had a couple shifts in my mindset um, in that uh, my friend and I, our schedules never quite came together. So I had to start owning my own training time. I needed to start running on my own. And that took a big shift. And I also realized something. A 10K is not three miles. It is, in fact, 6.213711192 miles long. So a little bit longer than I thought. (laughs) Um, And truth be told, I I never actually got to race. Um, The last four years, I've worked night shift as a nurse. And the night before the race was my last ever night shift. So it wasn't a good idea for me to run. But I offer it to you to hold me accountable to at least run a 5K, which is what I I guess I thought I was running. Um, It's not a hard leap from thinking about me training for this, this race to looking at Hebrews 12. 
And Hebrews 12 is not describing a physical race. It's not talking about me training for a 10K. But it is describing how we run the race that God has set before us. The race being the journey with God, starting from when we decide to follow him, all the way through receiving the reward um, of being with him in heaven. And I believe that the mindset that we have towards our race, the mindset that we have towards our walk with God has great impact on how we experience God's goodness, how we see ourselves, and how we operate within the life that God has given us. And there are healthy and unhealthy mindsets. And I want to talk about a few of those unhealthy mindsets that I've adopted in my own life, that I've seen people walk through, And then really look at the word and ask God, how do you want us to see ourselves in this journey that you have given us? And maybe you're here today or online or listening to the podcast and your thought process is, that's all well and good, but I haven't decided whether or not I am going to follow. And I think this mindset is important to recognize because it's where we all start. In my testimony, I... I grew up in a very wonderful Christian Goochland home and grew up to know and to love Jesus. And when I was a teenager, I don't know, 13, 14, I started having this question in my mind where I doubted whether or not I really needed God's grace. It wasn't a question of, like, I think I'm good enough to get myself to heaven, but it was a genuine question of like, God, am I so terrible that you had to die for me? And it was beginning with those lines of questioning and those doubts that God really brought me to a place where I was ready and willing to really give my all to Jesus. Because I went through seasons where I decided to choose what Abigail wanted, which seemed great at the time over what God was asking me to do. And throughout that learning experience, I, I learned the depth of my own selfishness and depravity and how helpless and hopeless it left me. And it was going through that and coming to a point where I knew I needed Jesus that I really decided to give him all of me. And maybe you haven't decided for yourself whether knowing Jesus is worth it all. But I want to encourage you that Jesus loves you. It says in Romans 6 that he died on the cross to take away the power of sin in our life, the control that it has over us, and also the weight that shame brings when sin is in our life. He created you to be full of joy and full of purpose and to glorify his name. He is eager for your heart, but he's also so patient for your willingness to follow him. And my prayer is that you would experience the goodness of God in your own life and long to know your creator and to follow him faithfully. 
The first mindset I want to talk about, unhealthy mindset that we may adopt when looking at our journey or our walk with God, is what I'm going to call the Lone Ranger mindset. And maybe this is you. I know it's been me. It sounds like I'm in this alone. It's just me and Jesus against the world. Nobody really gets what I'm going through or what I've been through. And this can feel really isolating, make you feel very unsettled. And oftentimes it's rooted in a spirit of self-preservation. Maybe you've taken steps to be a part of community or be transparent or walk alongside people and felt pain and taken a step back. But God has not called us to walk through this life and through this journey alone. And one of the shifts that we can have from this mindset, we find in Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 is this beautiful picture of the disciples waiting faithfully for what Jesus has promised, the Holy Spirit. And the disciples see many people come to know Jesus through miraculous, miraculous power. And at the end of, of that chapter, we find ourselves in verse 42, and it describes the people who have followed the disciples as this. It says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to one another when they had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. The reality is that we were not made to do this alone. We were created to be a part of community. And if isolation or this mindset in your own mind, is rooted in this, this idea of self-preservation, my prayer would be that God would heal that pain, that there would be redemption for you, and that you would be willing to ask God to give you the desire to be a part of what the kingdom of God is doing, because you are valuable and so needed in the body of God. Mindset number two that we may adopt, or maybe unhealthy in our lives, is a mindset of lack. It sounds like, I don't have what I need to follow God. I don't have the right personality. I don't have the right testimony. I don't have the right education. I don't have what they have. And oftentimes it comes out because we find ourselves comparing ourselves and what God's given us to those around us. And I was tempted to adopt this mindset when training for the 10K. Um, there are things that I would want to have when running that I don't, because I'm not a runner. So why would I spend the money on those things? I just, it's just not me. And thinking about it, like comparing myself to Andrew here, who is an excellent runner, I'm just going to keep pointing at you, Andrew. That's Andrew right there. 
He was the drummer, and he's my brother. <laughs> um, right, if I, if I let myself compare myself to Andrew, to his runtime, to his effort, to how early he gets up to run, then that would really steal a lot of the joy that I had in training for as little and as long as I did. And there was a shift in my mind when I realized that I'm able to be grateful for what I do have and the opportunity that's in front of me. The mindset of lack has been something that I've walked through in my walk with the Lord for a long time, sometimes consciously, sometimes not. And for me, it sounded like, all right, well, I would be able to do, God, what you're asking me to, but I don't have the faith of this person. Or even all the time in the world sewn into this thing, I'm not going to be as gifted or as talented as some people, or I just can't pray like some people. And God was so faithful to help me shift this mindset Psalm 23 is one of the most beautiful, most beloved pieces of literature and scripture. And if you find yourself in a season where the mindset of lack is constant, I encourage you to go to Psalm 23. It's a beautiful picture of how God as our shepherd takes care of us, leads us to places of rest, walks us through the things that we are going through, and really wants to take care of those that he, he has made. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, it describes how, it says in verse 3, his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. Everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Shifting from the mindset of lack can be hard, but we can remember that our walk with God has never been about what we had. It's never about what we had to bring to the table. God uses us and wants us. But my story to coming to Jesus had everything to do with what God had done for me and what he had for me. Gratitude is a powerful antidote for comparison. It's really hard to compare yourself with someone that you are so grateful for and thankful that God has given them what they are blessed with. And you have everything that you need to serve God the way that he designed you to serve and to love him. And if you feel lack, I want to encourage you to lean in to his word let his voice share with you all that he has for you. The last mindset I want to talk about is called is um, the mindset of passivity. To be passive in our walk with the Lord. And maybe it sounds like, I don't have the desire to be all in. It's just, it's just not in me. Or, I'm not really interested in what the local church is doing like right now, but I'll, I'll keep an eye on it. And I don't think that the mindset of passivity comes suddenly. I think there's a few different reasons that we can kind of step into that. 
Maybe it's circumstances in our life that have left us feeling discouraged or disappointed. Maybe sin has left us dull. Or there's just a point of pain that makes it difficult to want to lean in and be a part of what God is doing. I heard passivity described this way once. It said, passivity is the void left behind where action should be occurring. And passivity will lead us to being stagnant and allowing us to make compromises in our walk with the Lord. Because our walk with God is one of action. And passivity is poison to that. Sometimes it looks like showing up to church, but not really expecting God to move. Sometimes it looks like praying at home with family, but not at work. Sometimes it looks like planning to read our Bible and pray and worship, but it just never happens. Day after day, week after week, it just, it just escapes us. And passivity can steal the joy that we have in some of the most simple and beautiful parts of our walk. Colossians 3, 23 and 24 says this, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord, as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Identifying unhealthy habits, unhealthy mindsets can be helpful. But if you're like me, you're wondering, but what does God actually say? What does he call us to? What mindset should we have towards our walk with him? And Hebrews 12 really helps us see how God designed us to view our race. Context in scripture is so important. And the context for the first few verses of Hebrews 12 is all of chapter 11. And in chapter 11, the author narrates this beautiful description of these historic men and women who have had faith in some of the deepest and darkest places in their life. Some of these names may be recognizable like Noah, Abraham and Sarah, Moses, Joshua, Rahab. And the author wants us to have these people in mind, these people of faith, these undeniable anchors throughout human history when we read chapter 12. Chapter 12, verse 1, starts off with, Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. in this this verse, God is describing the ways that we are to 
see our walk as, number one, that we are not alone. Not only are there examples throughout time and throughout history that have been faithful to God in their walk with the Lord, but there are real, live people, people today here in this room, who want to encourage us as we run and to want to run alongside us. And I think it's one of the most beautiful things about a home church, about a a center for community where our soul can come and be at rest and know and be known by those that God has called to walk this race with us. The second mindset is that it takes action to be free. Laying aside encumbrances, the the compromises, the hang-ups, the pain points, our own past, our own history, laying those aside and the sins that entangle us, it takes action. And the mindset of passivity would lead us to a place where we are stagnant, but we are called to be active in our walk with the Lord and to let go of what controls us and what has become idols in our own lives. In my own life, God has been so patient with me for the things that I hold on to and do not want to let go of. But while he is patient, he is also persistent because he knows the things that I'm holding on to are hurting me and holding me back from what God has for me. And we are, we are made to go through this this walk with the mindset that we were made for this. That this race has been set for us. We were designed and created specifically for what God has for us. And the mindset of lack would lead you to a place to believe that God created you with some absence of what you need to walk through what God has called you to. But if I know God and know that he is good, then I cannot believe that lie. I know that God has given me what I need. At the end of verse 1, it says to run with endurance. And any good runner would know that in order to have endurance, you need to have a good pace. Let the Holy Spirit set the pace of your walk with the Lord. Rest when he says rest, but run when he says run. And the only way for us to to know what that pace is, what the Holy Spirit is leading us to, is to become so familiar with his voice, to be so familiar with how he's leading, that we are able to follow through with what God's asking us. And the only way we can be so familiar with his voice and so in tune is to walk with him so closely every day. Every day leaning in, God, what do you have for me today? What do you have for my family today, for my community? One of my favorite parts of this passage of scripture, it says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him, we are that joy, the joy set before him, he endured the cross. There is joy 
in this walk. If Jesus could endure the cross, the pain and the shame and the humiliation of the cross, for the joy that was set before him, how much more can we have joy running the race that he created for us? There is joy to be had. You can stand. I'm going to pray. I, I hope you're encouraged to recognize maybe some of the unhealthy mindsets that we've, adop- we've adop- adopted. These perspectives that we've seen our walk with the Lord in. And know that there is something better. And we weren't made to carry those. We weren't made to do this alone. We were made for this race. God has given us what we need. And yes, it takes action. But God is so faithful to be our strength and our joy and our peace in everything that we need. God, I thank you for the race that you've given us, the walk, the journey, both the setup to the time where we came to know you, Lord, and all the days after. God, I pray that you would be so faithful to help us recognize the lies that the enemy would have us believe about our own walk. God, would you give us the courage to step out, to be a part of community, and to recognize that, yes, we do need one another. God, would you give us just a sense of of all that you have given us. Give us a sense of how you have blessed us and a heart of gratitude. God, would comparison start to feel so distant in our own mind. God, we thank you for who you are, for the joy that you have in store for us. us have endurance through this race with you. Jesus, we thank you for who you are in this place. You're so worthy. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like to know how you can give, go to victorychristian.church.